Hi, everybody. This is Mind Over Matter podcast, and I'm your host, Elena Mozaner. And today's episode is brought to you by Alpha Mind app. It's the app you can use to hypnotize yourself in your own voice. And today, I'll be talking to Konal Malhotra, who is a humanitarian, is a life seeker, and he's an aspiring model. And uh, welcome, Konal. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. So just a little bit of background. Um, Kunal and I met last year and Kunal was actually a client. We worked for about six months together. And I wanted to bring Kunal because I was always inspired by he by the conversations we had. He talked about various things that which I hope we'll be able to um, tackle today during the podcast. And um, I'm always inspired by how my clients grow and how how there's you know, progress happening week by week. So that's why I wanted to talk to Kunal today. And also, he's he's an interesting person. He's you know in some ways I kind of look at, at Kunal as, as a bit of like a philosopher in a sense. So and uh, yeah, welcome again. Thank you, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Congratulations! I know this is your first podcast. I'm the first guest, so thank you. Yeah. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I know um, we started recording and didn't record, but we'll doing it again. And I'll tell a story how this whole thing started for me. I was, um, you know, London Real podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's a bit of controversy happening with London Real right now. He's, he was running for mayor and there's some things about his business accelerator where he's teaching mm-hmm. people how to run businesses, how to start podcasts. Um, he does have a lot of guests coming onto onto his podcast, but you know there's a bit of a you know negative thing that is happening. And once some something like that is happening, I always want to know what led a person to you know this. Some people call it sort of like a downfall in a sense. Maybe it's not a downfall, maybe it is, but people are talking about it. So I wanted to understand. So I started researching more about him, started watching his podcasts a bit more, his vlogs, and I'm like, you know what? This is so easy. He's so excited about what he's doing, and he's just doing it. And you don't even have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to someone to teach you how to do it. So in a sense, I didn't go to his school, but I got inspired by him. So that's how it started for me. That's nice. So today, what I'm going to do is I want to talk to you about a few things. And the first question that I'll have for you, so I'll talk about your uh, present, your past, and your future. And then we're going to okay. talk about other things that, are, uh, that you're interested in and that I would like to have a conversation with you about. So... You're present. Kunal, tell me, what's on your mind? You woke up this morning, you're thinking about something, you know, maybe it's a struggle, maybe it's something you just really need to get done or overcome or whatever. What's on your mind? What is, what's, what's going on? Uh, the first thing I woke up to today uh, that's on my mind is, just, uh, I guess it's rooting from gratitude. Um, I just understand a lot that's going on in my homeland in India. Um, and how the pandemic has absolutely erupted even worse over there. Um, and so I've spoke to some family friends, um, and obviously they're going through a hard time there. So just being able to understand where I'm at, how privileged I am, how lucky I am to have a roof over my head, to eat, wow. to, you know, to do whatever, to see my friends, to go out, not be stuck in a room or not being able to have any human contact. Um, it's very crazy over there. And so First thing is I'm just grateful for, you know, being here and being able to do a bunch of things that others are going through a hard time with. And, and is it your family there and fa- friends? Yeah, both family and friends. Um, and yeah, a bunch of friends from like boarding school and stuff yeah. over there. So you grew up in India? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a bit of a, 
little bit of both America and India back and forth. Um, I was actually adopted in India um, in 93 and very young age. I was, I think about five days old. Um, and my mom um, was living in Canada. She came to India. She got me with my sibling and then they took me back to Canada. Um, and then I basically did elementary school till about fourth grade in the city called Melbourne, Florida. It's about 45 minutes away from Orlando. Um, and then I, my parents shipped me to India in fourth grade to, be, to become disciplined, to learn the culture, to be independent at a young age. That's interesting. Um, they shipped me. Yeah, shipped me, packaged me, Amazon Prime, <laughs> right, to, <laughs> right to boarding school in India. Um, oh. so the first year I went, I was in Bangalore. And then I guess I didn't vibe my, I don't know, it wasn't the fit. And then I went to the capital, Delhi, um, in a small area called Gurgaon, actually. And how long did you get in India altogether? We're going to school. How so long? I would say like six years total. Six years. And did yeah. you speak, um, is it what language, Urdu? Or? Hindi. Hindi, Hindi. So did you speak Hindi before that? You, you did, right? Yeah, broken, broken Hindi. Okay. And now you speak perfect Hindi? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say perfect. I can understand it for sure. Obviously, I have a funny accent sometimes when I'm, you know, you know, speaking it. But um, definitely well, can yeah. get away, get through places and stuff. So people, when they, when they hear you speak, they think you're from America, right? About 100%. They can easily tell. Yeah. <laughs> It's so easy. So that's interesting. So you were adopted. And, and when did you, so you, did you know you were adopted? For, no. For I actually found out I was adopted during a little bit right before the pandemic at last year. So I'm 27. Wow. 27. That's crazy. That's crazy. You just discovered you were adopted. And, but just did you discovered. feel, did you know, did you have any idea or was it just completely a shock to you? No, it was, uh, we, we used to joke about it. Like me and my mom mm. would joke about it, which is so crazy. And my friends would also joke a bit. And even some of my partners would be like, you don't look like anyone from your family. You're adopted for sure. And I was like, ah, funny. Just laugh with them and kind of brush it off. Um, you, you thought it was a joke. You, you literally took it as a joke. Yeah, you literally joking it. with my mom, too. You didn't know, doubt it. You didn't know, like, could it be? Like, could it be? Did you think? No, yeah, it was just a joke. And then, uh, yeah, and then some time went by, obviously, 27. Um, my mom passed away not too long ago, a few years ago. And then after she passed away, I think about six months after she passed away, I found out um, through my dad that I was adopted. Well, how, how did it go? Did he like sit you down? Did he have a conversation? Uh, how did it go? It was like an intervention vibe almost. Uh, me and my partner were at our place in Orlando at the time. And then I, gu I guess I got a call like wherever you are, just come to your aunt's house in Orlando at 10.30. It was in the morning. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, but it seems urgent, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I went. Um, And like I enter the room with my mom's best friend there, her daughter's there too, um, mom's best friend's daughter. And then my aunt and my uncle and my dad's there. And it's just like a whole like, kind of like a dramatic scene, intervention. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like a Bollywood movie, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Like so you felt, felt that dr drama. You felt like something's gonna happen right now. Yeah, I <laughs> walked in. I felt like the camera zooming on my face. What is it gonna like the reaction? You know, waiting. Did you have any idea? Reaction. Did you have any idea what this was gonna be about? Uh no, I didn't. Uh, I was like related to mom, maybe. Or, oh, okay. That's all. That's it. I couldn't really. Yeah, I couldn't tell. And then, uh, 
it was weird because prior to that there was a bit of a build-up with my dad like I could tell he was emotionally unstable he was crying a bit more trying to like get a message across to me but what kind of I message? wasn't able to pick it up and well, this message about that you're being adopted or something yeah he was just giving me subtle hints like Kunal we love you so much me and mom love you way too like a lot and you know anytime you struggled or anything went down with you we were there for you so i was like yeah i get it i know all this but like, yeah why, like why are you telling me why I are you it. telling me like that you know so so, so go, back to that scene. go back to that dramatic scene you're coming into the room all the lights on you the cameras on you and what's going yeah. on and um then basically your dad uh my mom's just friends like your dad has something to tell you and i could tell i could just feel his demeanor and a lot of fear written on his face a lot of huh? You know, I was just crying and I never see my dad. I've oh. never seen my dad show any emotion. Um, so the fact that he's breaking down, like never seen him show emotion. And then when my mom passed, being in the hospital room with him, I saw him cry. And then to, at, at this point, um, when I'm about to figure out that I'm adopted, he's bawling. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've never seen this man like this. Um, so, yeah, he basically told me, like, uh, yeah, me and mom love you very much. And we adopted you. Um Mom adopted you um, in '93 in India while I was in Canada. Still, tell me the feeling. What What was the feeling that you had when you heard that? Surprisingly, I, I was very uh, neutral. Uh, I don't even know if that's a feeling, but I was very calm. Very calm. Um, I was. He told me, and I was like, I guess everybody was very shocked that I I didn't have like a crazy reaction. I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. I was like. That's literally funny. i was like that's cool but no worries why are you stressing so much like i was like you're still my dad mom's still my mom like nothing's yeah. changed um but for them it was a big deal right it looks like for if he was so emotional crying it was a big deal why do you think it was important for him to reveal that he still didn't want to reveal it even at the end like my mom's best friend convinced him like very a lot like till this day she tells me like he was still trying to refrain from it I uh, had to keep pushing it into like, let him know right now is the time. Otherwise, was, what was wait. it important for her then? Your mom's best friend. I'm sorry. What was it important for your mom's best friend to, to reveal, um, to reveal that? She just felt like I deserved to know the truth mm-hmm. and he keeps prolonging it um, based off of fear and insecurity, which is normal. But for 27 years, that's a bit long, I think. Um, yeah. You know, you should be able to tell. So, yeah, they're always about the right timing. When's the right time? But, you know, if you keep waiting, it's never the right time. You, you have to you feel, eventually say it. Yeah, so I was very felt like it was the right thing to do, right? It was, you, you felt like some sort of closure. Did you feel like it was um, right? The only thing I felt was a little bit of disappointment in the fact that I wasn't able to talk about it with my mom. Yeah. And it was like six months after she passed away. And then I'm finding out a bunch of other things I'm finding out also at the same time. So I was calm. I was collected. I was cool. I told them like, yo, I still love you. You're my dad, whatever. You know, everything's the same. Nothing's really different from me. And so everyone's like, wow, like, look at Kunal. I, I, somebody said like, look at Kunal. He's being so mature. He's receiving it in such a mature way. You should be happy trying to cheer my dad up. Um, and yeah, that was it. I was just like, yeah, it's wow. normal. But I just wish you would have told me before at least when mom was here so you know i could have had a dialogue with my mom or i could have asked her what it was like or what was your what was going through your mind at the time how are you feeling about this you know just a lot of di- conversation we could have had 
Um, and, and her being, you know, a very powerful lady at the time, also very back in the day to travel to Canada, to India alone, or with my sibling, both of them. Um, and to, you know, go to a different country and get me and from an orphanage. And, you know, it's crazy how I was chosen out of, I don't know how many kids were there, but again, that's, I'm fortunate for that. And I'm so grateful. And then bringing me back to Canada from India to Canada, I'm sure it was such a hassle, a lot of paperwork and all that stuff uh, yeah. going through yeah. with the law. It's but very, yeah, she made it happen. Very, very interesting. And, and, you know, you're being open about it. I really, really appreciate it. It's, it's very brave to be able to tell, to, to share that story. And as you share all these things, there are a few things that you're talking about that I'm really interested. The, um, I'll ask right now, and then we'll go to some of your questions about your past. But when you say partner, you know, <clears throat> your partner, it's very interesting because I noticed that, you know, some people say girlfriend, boyfriend, um, you know, can be husband, but you say the word partner right? Why is it important to say the word partner, not girlfriend or boyfriend? Or like, why is this happening? Is this a millennial thing? Like, well, how would you look at it? I just feel like there's a lot of stereotypes that go into the labels of boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband. Um, everybody gets categorized in those roles right away and immediately uh -huh. based off a person's psych psychology. Anybody, if you hear girlfriend, boyfriend or wife or husband, you immediately categorize them and all these like stereotypes come up. Like, oh, she's supposed to do this. He's supposed to be like this, you know, like, and so yeah. I just, I feel like it's uh, not the way. And uh, at least my relationships, my partnerships that I want to have, um, they're not the same, you know, stereotype. It's not going to be like, oh, she's with me. She's a late, she's a girl. She's my wife. She's supposed to cook for me or you know, she's supposed to be a certain way it's just like very neutral like do you do feel neutral you yeah neutral there very we go so do you feel like it's changing now like in the last because in the last few years you know we're all there's a lot of conversation about pronouns and you know gender neutrality binary there's a lot of those things that are coming out right you know from yeah. like the progressive left mostly and there's a lot of you know you know sort of like a battle war going on between the progressives and conservatives because of that True. but um it, it is it does seem like it's more of um young people are more open to it like people your age to to the yeah. pronouns and using them they and i noticed when working with you that you're very aware of that and then i wanted to talk to you a little bit about it so yes i understand now about the partner when you use the word partner it's so that because there are certain stereotypes are constantly associated right yeah. and what do you think is important about this whole issue like not to have the stereotypes or to, to look at people without any judgments, what is, why is it important to you? Uh, I see, yeah, to, to really be accepting, to, to not judge right away, because we obviously as humans are very quick to judge and, and find things, you know, that aren't necessarily super positive always. But, um, yeah. you know, just trying, yeah, I just feel like it's more respectful to myself, to my partner, to yeah. other people. Um, you know, I could be trans, I could be gay, I could have a partner who's gay, you know, just because I'm a straight or just because I'm a man doesn't mean like all the stereotypes. Right. So like, that's another reason why it's just a level of respect. And this is all coming from the teachings of my sibling. Um, Your sibling, when you, and you also use the word sibling. That's another interesting yes. unique aspect. And she's... So, my sibling is uh, gender neutral and uh -huh. they go by the pronouns they and them. And 
um, yeah, they've taught me so much about life and uh, being wow. in my mannerisms and my words because I was absolutely reckless. Um, Seriously? So reckless. With Tell me about it. What, what, what do you mean by reckless and when? Just absolutely like, I just felt like, okay, I was so consumed by my ego, my, my privilege. There was, there was so much time, so many, okay, I was like dealing, I was uh, selling a bunch of weed and all this stuff once upon a time and just feeling like I'm a fuck. I'm Did like you say selling? Did you just say selling weed? Oh selling weed. This was all in high school. Literally, um, this was a time where I was very high on my ego. I was feeling great, uh, fake great, but I was feeling too good. Um, and I just felt like the world was in my hands. Like you, like it was just absolutely you toxic. Money, because you're privileged, right? You said you you use a privilege. It's not like you needed money, but you're still selling weed because you. But I was selling weed and making so much money that I didn't need anything from my parents at that time. Uh -huh. So okay. like I kind of also retaliated on them a bit at that time like i don't need your anything from you like look what i got or look what i'm doing it was kind of like rebellious a bit right 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 um, mm -hmm. and so like yeah i was yeah so i was just uh very i had a partner at that time and she went through hell with me um i was dealing i was talking reckless i was driving around with like a uh, half a pound of weed in my car and alcohol bongs pieces i have no idea yeah. you would work with me i didn't know about that i, swear to God. I, swear I don't to God. judge you i don't judge you completely don't judge you you know that this is actually yeah, fascinating sure. fascinating and where you are right now in your life but <laughs> all of this you said that you were kind of reckless because we started talking about your sibling right and she told yeah. you things was were you also reckless with regards to like how you related to people he she gay people yes. i was i was so okay. reckless in my relationship at that time i i feel yeah like so wrong to her i feel like at times um to my friends certain friends actually no my friends were my like I guess my go-to where I was always feeling happy, like uplifting and like, you know, those, and I would ditch my partner for my friends at that time. Um, I wasn't respectful to women at the time, especially verbally. Um, and my sibling caught on to all of these things. Oh, interesting. And my mom caught on to some of these things. A um, huh. lot of ego showing, a lot of jealousy at times, a lot of um, that hunger for control or needing to be in control a lot. Um, and so, yeah, just, uh, we, I guess you could, we used to say like joke around crazy K, crazy Kunal. Um, ah, crazy K, that's like a drug. Yeah. <laughs> K, so crazy. we had personalities, we had Mr. Positive and then yeah. we had crazy K. Crazy K. All right. Crazy K. Yeah. Well, you're not a crazy K anymore, or are you? But in a good way. Uh, in a good way. Like yeah. crazy K. You know, if you were, if you were a musician. What's that in a good way? Yeah, if you were like a musician or I know you're into mu music and dance and acting, you know, you could you could call yourself Crazy K. I actually, I, it fits you really nicely. Yeah, no, it was fun. Especially when I'm in Miami, I'm Crazy K. So what what's what what is the one big lesson you've learned from your sibling? Oh, uh, wow, that's such a hard question to say one because there's so many. I feel like I wake up to thinking about them a lot and well, like in my day-to-day -day reactions one or two one or two that you can definitely pinpoint right now yeah um 
empathy. Uh, they've taught me how to think about others. Um, uh-huh. Understand how your words are powerful and how they affect other people. Okay. Um, also, like demeanor, even body language. There was a few times where my sibling and I got into it. And I realized the way I was standing towards them was very demeaning. Mm. And I only realized that afterwards when they told me and I was very defensive. So I didn't take it. But later on, I checked on myself a bit. And then I also was doing research on body language um, at the time. And so just like I had this authoritative um, mm. body language that, that was showing that I'm above my sibling at the time. Like, wow. you're less than yeah. me. I'm above you. Is it no, because, because of the masculine? Is, sorry, sorry, is it because of the masculine? Yeah, toxic masculinity. I was displaying. Ah, was okay. Display. okay. Okay. Interesting. Wow, this is so interesting what you're saying. So you said empathy and more understanding of people, careful with your words. And now you start talking about this, the body language, you said that you were kind of authoritative. And the reason I jumped in, it's because I'm very curious about this masculine and feminine. And um, so these are the lessons, right? Is there anything else you want to share about the lessons before I jump into my really cool question about that? Um, I think just, yeah, how your words affect people, think about others. Um, and I think one thing that I've learned too is to ask. Always mm-hmm. ask before you put your will on top. My, my dad's great at this. He just throws his intentions and beliefs and, and just because he likes it, everybody else should like it in a way or just because he thinks it's right, everyone should like it. Um, but even for an example, as far as like, if somebody's saying, coming to you and saying like, um, I'm not feeling well, or I'm, I'm, I'm having a bad day, instead of <coughs> trying to fix it and, and say like, oh, how can I help you? Or, what, or not, how can I, what can I, like just telling advice for no Curiosity. reason. Curiosity. Ask instead Curiosity. and be like, hey, do I have, yeah, do yeah. I have, um, do you want my opinion of what yeah. you should do? Or do you want me just to listen? This is is great. This is like a therapist, like a coach. So instead of like jumping onto conclusions and and judgments, you instead choose to be curious. And this is something that you feel like you've learned from your sibling. Yeah, that's another thing. Being a bit more curious and just, again, that's empathy of like, before you're going to spill emotionally dump or whatever, ask the person, can I vent to you? Or is it okay? Do you want me to vent? So yeah. Those are some things. And it's a, it's, it's a long way. It's, it's taken me a long way. And I know it will, for Interesting. sure. Wow, you, you seem to have really great teachers around you. You're very lucky for that. So let's talk about the masculine and feminine then, because this is an interesting topic. And I have always been interested in that, and especially in the last years. Um, so I read this uh, book about ma- masculine and um, and... In that book, it's called Lover, Magician, Warrior, King, right? Mm. And in the book, the authors talk about um, the masculinity and the unhealthy form of masculinity. And it made so much sense to me because there's an unhealthy form, like a spectrum of masculinity. And they talk about it being um, dominating, tyrannical, almost like a tyrant, you know, like pressing and dominating. And I'm like, so making sense then this is like a boy psychology my boys little boys can be this way you know to their environment you know so and sometimes men grown-up men are still in that boy psychology and um they could could be acting that way you know it's it's a way to you know to feel important or whatever it is 
So would you agree that, that that's an unhealthy form of masculinity? We're talking about toxic. What is the unhealthy form of masculinity in your, in your opinion? Unhealthy form of masculinity would be to immediately repress your emotions. Um, obviously, we have so many stereotypes for, for men as far as like, yeah. I'm not able to, I can't cry in front of this person. I'm not able to show my emotions. I have to be a certain way to get people's approval. I have to be a strong, you know, Superman, or I have to be macho. And, uh, you know, if I break or if I show anybody my true self, they're going to not like me. They're going to judge me. They're going to, you know, it's going to be a negative approach towards me. So I must continue this facade and I must continue to suppress my feelings and not show the real human side of me. Um, I think that's a big problem. I also, this is, uh, I think, relatable a bit. Um, I think what I find interesting is that I found that there's a statistics, I don't know the right exact percentage, but um, the suicide rate of men is absolutely a lot higher than women, and especially the past couple of years. And so what yeah. I also find interesting as that's one thing. Another thing is, majority of men are afraid to go to therapy and they're not in therapy either so like people are commit men are committing suicide but at the same time don't feel uncomfortable enough to get that help when there's resources this is actually already um what you're talking about i think well, this is a consequence of certain things because let's say you know hypothetically speaking there's an unhealthy form of masculinity right yeah where it is the, you know, dominant, you know, tyrannical and all that, right? But not all men are like that. But this is the kind of form of masculinity that women are unhappy with. That's why there's so much, you know, movement, mm. you know, women expressing themselves, they're unhappy with it. And that's why some women, you know, we all have masculine and feminine. Some women become masculine, right? In order yeah. to, to fight with their this unhealthy masculine in the man. So wow. when women become masculine, guess what's happening? They also become unhealthy masculine within and they start prosecuting those other men. They prosecute them, going after them. They press them down. They humiliate them. They, they want them to punish them. And so that's why, you know, I, I believe that's the, what's happening. That's why men are, feel suppressed. And even those who are not tyrannical and haven't been that way, they're afraid, you know? It's, this is what's happening. That's why Jordan Pearson is getting popular because he's, he's the one who's bringing the masculinity back. He's like, no, you, you don't have to sit in your room and be depressed. You know, get yeah. out. Here. You're strong. Man, masculinity is real. He, he wants there to be a strong, healthy masculinity. But, but again, I think because of some history and because how men misunderstood their masculinity, you know, especially in the entertainment business, we know some you know, in situations like that. Media, movies movie yeah exactly and and you know more and more things are coming up you know those is lawsuits and yeah. all and um that's the war between the feminine feminine and masculine in the sense that is happening and and men feel suppressed they i believe they feel suppressed by the prosecuting inner masculine within women they ain't they're, they're so angry that they're, they're angry that they're, they're also want to mm. sort of dominate in the sense but at the end of the day, I think it's just about 
finding the balance within yourself. Like you said, yeah. it's okay to cry, right? They can't cry. They have to be. Yeah. Strong. That's another aspect of the. In or your be a man. Be strong. You know, like. Be man. Be strong. I, yeah. I, recently, even in India, a few of my friends were going through some stuff who are men, and um, I, I know I know they were like, I'm trying to be strong. I have to be strong and all. And I was like, No, fuck that. I was like, What do you mean, be strong? I was like, Be weak. Feel weak. Feel your weakness. Feel this pain. Feel, you know, grieve whatever you lost. Like, don't. Yeah. Immediately put that um, phrase. Oh, I gotta be be a man, be strong right away. Like, no, I'm like absolutely take the time to be weak throughout the whole day. Yeah. Feel your emotions. Yeah. Understand what you lost or whatever you're going through. That's healthy masculinity to me. Is you get in touch with your feminine. You you yeah. you're, you're allowing your feminine, and that's in my opinion that is a healthy man who's who has a healthy masculine and aware of his feminine feminine is yeah. the problem is i think with women is that because of what's been what's happening between masculine and feminine women shy away from their feminine they neglect it they dismiss it yeah they think it's weak you know and actually there are some reasons for it because sometimes you know when you are totally feminine totally relaxed for some women, it ends up badly too, you know, because yeah. you're, unguarded, you're unguarded. So with yeah. you're totally relaxed, totally feminine, there can be an unhealthy masculine that can take advantage of that, right? So sure. that's in certain rare situations. Right. But, but, the unhealthy, but, but the healthy feminine, it's something that women need to embrace, I think, these days. And you yeah. know what's really true to the, the, one of the amazing aspects of the healthy feminine is forgiveness true yeah yes forgiveness. lightness forgiveness um yeah definitely i also feel like um i think kind of what you were saying earlier is how like i feel like this situation would specifically also apply in a cisgender like straight male and female you know relationship yeah um is that you know if a man is showing more of the hiding more of his masculinity um it's going to not only frustrate the his partner, his, his girlfriend, his wife, but it's also going to force her to become an act from her masculinity, right? right? Which then kills the natural vibe or I guess being in your feminine or exactly. for the lady to be in her feminine more, she's going to have to be a lot more in her masculine, especially if her man isn't in that. It's totally right. And that causes I talk about so much a lot. Yeah. That's David Data. Data. I'm hearing David Data here, right? A little bit of yes. Yeah. 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 I'm hearing that. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with you, Kunal, because that's that's the plus and minus. You know, if two two masculine, you know, if a woman is totally in the masculine, a man is in the masculine. There's there's no attraction. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, even in a in a you know lgbtq relationships there's a zone there's also there's always masculine right somebody's yeah. more feminine somebody's more masculine so correct so there is and this is so interesting because yes there is a biology right and 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 you know there's man and woman and there's this xx and xy right chromosome yeah. so that's what makes us different but then within ourselves there is that inner gender that is cannot be explained much, right? It's like, right. you know, Carl Jung calls it feminine and masculine. It's like this spectrum, the energy. And I guess sometimes it can just go in and out. Maybe some people are not so sure where they, they, they are, right? 
right. or, or they're you know trans transitioning and maybe it's a small population it is a small population right but yep. there is a population like that and that's that is the reason the coming to pronouns right this is probably the reason why there there's this notion of pronouns pronouns coming up even totally straight people are now mentioning their pronouns in their you know, I, yeah i've seen a lot of that what do you think about that um i think that's good i think it's just being more open to other people too uh especially the lgbtq community and um people who are trans you know like it's just showing a lot more respect of them and then ourselves and you know it's kind of like a boundary in a way it's like this is who i am this is what i want to be called by uh -huh. and this is how i would feel respected so that's why i kind of say it's kind of like a, a personal boundary for some people um and yeah that's that's how i feel about that do, do you know that there is a lot of kind of, sort of like um controversy going on about it right how in some, in some places the pronouns are being reinforced and some people are not wanting especially in academia um what do you think about that i have heard some of it i haven't been able to like, get too much into it because yeah. personally i don't agree with that so i didn't want to get in too much into it um especially because my sibling is trans right so yeah i feel like as Topic. however the person needs to feel good and as long as it's a healthy way if yeah. this is their choice and it's and this makes them feel better and i love you and what you know we have some then i'm going to respect you there's no reason for me not to you know just to ruin your day or just to call you yeah. by something that's you're not you know right. so yeah. that's how i just see it and if it makes you feel better i'm all for it cool okay. it's not it's that's not cool. something that's yeah yeah that's that's cool not to do yeah, it's sometimes unless you have like a direct experience with something, you, you don't fully understand certain things, right? True. You you really That's have true. a direct experience with your sibling. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the attachment theory, right? Well, the, uh, that you you're into it. The the attachment models. We when I started working with you, you asked me right away, you know, if I know it, what I thought about it. And throughout our, our work together, we've been you know talking about these things. For sure. Uh, Tell me why is it interested? Why are you interested in uh, attachment theories? And what uh, you I'm I'm interested in it because it's just shown me so much more. I've learned so much more about myself, uh, about my past, about my parents, about my friends, even even people that I don't really know. Huh. Um, based off of this theory um, and these styles, you can kind of start to tell. Once you understand this theory, these styles, you can start to tell people that you don't even know based off a few things, how they're going to act or how they may act with people or, or a significant relationship. Um, it just taught me how much things translate from your childhood to your adulthood. And being in a, a person who's obviously experiencing life, relationships, um, family, parents and stuff like that, it's very like i guess triggering and alarming at times that it's so real like the attachment theory and like things that i've gone through in my childhood with my parents is it's all showing up in my partnerships and at times i was like how is this happening or like why am i finding myself in the same patterns or the same cycles again and again there has to be some sort of like solution or explanation of 
why I keep hitting the same stop and how can I not get over this? So and that's, so, that's yeah. interesting. And, and so you understand the attachment theory, attachment styles that gives you an understanding on yourself and how you relate to people also um, on other people and how they relate to you or to each other. So it's like some sort of opening for you. And um, what is knowing what your style is, right? What is the yeah. goal to, <coughs> to, to, sorry, what is the goal to transcend that, to become another? What, what's the outcome? I would say to transcend that and to become secure as possible. Um, <laughs> the, what is your style right now? What is your current style? Or, or ambitious? Uh, leaning into transferring to secure. So what, what was it before? So you, you're going to secure. Anxious. Ah. To secure. Anxious, anxious, anxious attachment style to secure. Okay. Um, but there's also like anxious, sort of like um, chasing, pursuing, right? Anxious avoiding or anxious. What's the other one? Pursuing. Ambivalent. Um, what's the. There's anxious. There's anxious. There's avoidant. And then there's fearful avoidant. And then there's disorganized. And yours is just anxious. Mine's just anxious, yeah. Anxious. Um, there's also, like, my understanding is that sometimes it can be anxious avoiding, so you're, like, running away from... from. So that one's usually the fearful avoidant. They have a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 And then there's anxious that is, like, going after, like, for, you're almost, like, chasing. Pursuing. Right, yeah. I just yeah. So I think that's yours, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like the fear of losing losing it, and then you go after. And the moment you feel like they're losing it, like you're being triggered... You need to cling on more. Yes. It's um, the root of abandonment. It's actually interesting because the root of it's the root of rejection and abandonment for both insecure attachment styles, anxious and avoidant, actually. But what's interesting is just the way they cope and deal with it, which is the difference. And sometimes they get they get together, right? The avoidant and the pursuit. Actually, a lot of the times. Yeah. yeah it's probably the most popular, uh, you know, relationship dynamic in our in our uh, society yes. is the yeah. avoidant trap or balance whatever you want to call it so interesting. so interesting yeah it's, it's how it works i um i totally totally understand that and and the thing is when you are anxious pursuing that fear of you know ah loss the best way is to just let go and relax right yeah and the other person comes to you because the more yeah. you pursue them the more they want to avoid you because yep. you're annoying. You're annoying when you're pursuing them anxiously. Because you, when you're anxious, you're not necessarily pleasant to be around. You're like anxious. And you're not operating from a healthy standpoint. You're operating from a mindset of lack, of insecurity, of fear. Yeah. And it's not a, you, you, in, in that state of mind, you're not really exciting person to be around. Yeah. You're like anxious. You're like, and for the avoidant, it's like, I got to get away from you right now. Yeah. You know, so you you're, you're kind of, hijacked your mind's kind of hijacked yeah yeah and so you're you're moving into the secure attachment yeah. style. how's it going for you uh it's been good actually really really fun obviously there's some days where i don't where i'm like ah, i need to work on my uh healing uh there's certain prompts that i have or like um there's this pds personal development school online that has courses so i've been doing those um but then there's some days where i'm not doing those and i'm like ah, i have to get back on it i have to get out get on it but um it's been good it's it's just really nice to know that i don't need anything or anyone um to 
to have to feel a sense of worthiness or like I don't need as much as I thought I did when I was operating from the anxious mind like I, it's just fulfilling to know that I'm able to be okay on my own and break it down for me what you do when you are triggered if you are in that state okay like, say with your partner like in that very moment in order to stop that cycle of I'm gonna go after what what do you do in that moment so that you can detach from it uh, immediately ask for a break as far as like just to myself nothing personal nothing about you it's just can I have some time for myself just to relax first let me breathe um so I just go yeah maybe into my room or a place alone and just focus on my breathing for a sec and and figure out you know there's a reason why I'm angry and usually when a person's angry or there's a fighting or there's a fight occurring there's usually an unmet need there so then I just try to break that down slowly first I don't I try not to judge myself take a deep breath acknowledge what I'm feeling if it's anger if it's you know disappointment or whatever it is acknowledge it I'll name the feeling mm-hmm. and then I'll just try to breathe through it, breathe through it and observe it. Kind of become the watcher of this uh, is from the power, the power of now. Exactly. Um, but, I was just going to ask you because you're, you're, you're using the tools. of, of That right? book is life changing. Everybody should get that book and read it. Um, but just observing your thought um, and not putting any energy towards it. Um, kind of stepping outside of your body and looking at yourself. Um, and so, yeah, just observe that, feel it, take some deep breaths, and then I figure out what's the unmet need here. I'm angry because, um, or this person is supposedly making me feel this way because something is missing. Either I'm not being heard, I'm being unseen, misunderstood. And so I try to go from there. Um, yeah. and, and meditation obviously is something I do every day. And it's almost like, me waking up and brushing my teeth it's part of my every day and i have to do it um and it's really taught me to yeah become balanced and, your muscles, yeah. and aware yeah you're training um, mental muscle for the presence and awareness yeah, it's, it's like the gym for your mind yeah my mind being becoming mindful so what i'm hearing is that you're actually using the power of now and mindfulness to help you break out of that cycle which yes. can be really hard in that very moment when you hijacked you know you're like your first thing is to react and start following the messages of your mind you know yeah. follow her follow do this run after like it's you it's like fight or flight response yes then you're, you're you choose to become radically present this is what i'm feeling this is what's going on you breathe into it and you release that that's great um so it looks like oh, it's, and it's, what can i learn from the situation always anytime i'm in a messed up state or whatever I usually ask myself, what can I learn from this? What is the message I'm supposed to, you know, learn or what's life trying to teach me? Um, And I usually try to check what I'm emitting inside internally, because I feel like whatever, you know, you're vibrating inside or whatever is going on with you inside, the result is on the outside. So if there's something that I'm doing that I'm not liking, or I immediately ask those questions and then try to check in with, I guess, my own internal self of, what am I, what am I projecting out there? Interesting. That's a lot. Yeah. Those are great lessons. Um, very quickly about your past, right? And maybe you already yeah. answered that question, but what in the past was the, one of the biggest struggle that you had and you overcame, but you can say I resulted. Okay. Wow. Um, from the past, I would say there's a few. So one is obviously, um, <laughs> 
I wouldn't say I've overcome it, but it's still work in progress. The passing of my mom, obviously, that was a bit of a shocker because, like, I was with her the previous day, and, you know, we were talking normally and stuff. Um, I was in the hospital with her, but we were just, you know, all right. And all of a sudden, I spoke to the doctor, and he's like, yo, she has some time, like two, maybe two months, or if we get the lungs longer, she'll be good for some weeks. So I took that word and then all of a sudden, like a month turned into 24 hours. And then that was like, what? I was just with her. She was fine at least. And now she's in critical condition all of a sudden. And so that was absolutely shocking for me and to realize how, how fast things can change um, was a bit shocking in the, in the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, just to, I held her in my arms and she passed away. Um, in my arms and stuff and um, just going through that whole funeral process the grieving yeah. all of that was just like and I, I was going through a bunch of other stuff already um, it was it was a bit difficult and the fact that I feel better now about it and the way I changed my perspective has helped a lot too um, I would say another thing that helped or that was hard was uh, my first like my couple of uh, relationships that have that didn't work out especially like obviously like the first one always is like whoa um you feel like life is over with you're never gonna be better or whatever and then obviously as time goes as you work and you heal on yourself things will get better but I think those were some of the things that were really hard for me mm, but 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 you've recovered right you healed your heart you recovered 100%. And, and it's cool that once you know you've done it before you know you could always do it again Mm -hmm. I think, you know once you've proved it to yourself um that you're able to overcome a certain situation um you're getting, stronger. you're getting stronger you're getting wiser and stronger and, and yeah. more resilient emotionally resilient and going to jail that was another thing man you were in jail too <laughs> yeah jail was, jail how, was how long for how long uh, just for a day um okay. but i've gone back twice so Yeah, so both were for a day. Um, one was related to domestic violence against my partner, my first partner. Oh. That's when I told you I was yeah. dealing weed and going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, called, she, she called police. No, she didn't actually. She didn't do anything. And she didn't even try to press charges because she was in fear and she was crying. Yeah. They immediately were like, yo, your girlfriend's not pressing charges. But we as the state, we're going to press charges on you. Mm. Um, and so it was just like, what? She didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. I was verbally, of course, uh, chaotic. I was verbal. You were verbally. Verbal. But they were like looking at her, looking for like scars, marks. Yeah, yeah. But how did you, like, how did they come? How, how did they hear about it? How did they arrive? So basically they came because her grandma called oh. that she's not home. And she was with me in the car. And she, she was at the time saying like, I can't leave. I was just like, yo, we have to talk. Just get in the car. She yeah. got in the car. And then I kind of left in her neighborhood. And okay. so then her grandma was like, oh, she's not there. You know, where's she at? So just like let the audience know. It's not like you were physically violent. It was just I was definitely not physical. No, no. 100%. Word. I was absolutely Word. verbally. Word. I would admit that. Um, and the cops obviously thought I was because she was in the fear state. And I get it. You know, like when... 
I guess cops or people deal with that. They see the girl crying or very yeah. vulnerable. They might think the girl's going to be scared to tell the truth because her boyfriend might go crazy on her next time. Exactly, exactly. You know? yeah. Which is completely understandable. Um, and so, yeah, and they just took me in. They, it was weird. The way they took me in, too, was just like very much stereotyped me. Like, oh, your dad's a doctor. Uh, your dad won't have any problem taking you out and just come with us for the night. So it was just a, a few pokes, racial pokes, but that's fine. Um, uh, and then, yeah. Your dad is a doctor? No, no, they were, see, they were being, they were assuming because oh. I'm Indian. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was wearing some good clothes or whatever. They just started going on the stereotype. And um, yeah, so they took me in for that. Um, And then the other time was for getting caught with the DEA for uh, dealing weed. And oh, so. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. So, wow. It was that's... great fun. There's helicopters going around my house, outside my house. Uh, my parents' business got raided a bit, like checked on. Like they asked my dad, how did you get the Mercedes, the Audi? How did you get these trucks? Oh, you, um, your video disappeared. Oh, then we're back. Yeah. Um, um, they're, they're asking all of these questions from my dad, show proof about your business. And oh, wow. you got your dad yeah. in trouble. Yeah, I got every, yeah, kind of. Um, and yeah, <laughs> there was just nonstop like cops monitoring us. There was helicopters on our house for a month. Like full, I don't know if you've heard of this show called Drugs Inc. No. Uh, it's where they bust real life uh, dealers and, you know, No, like I, I watched. I, I've been watching a little bit of the Catch the Smuggler. It was. It's really interesting. I see. I see. So like these guys look like the the people from the show. Mm. So like everybody was undercover. I was at a gas station, uh, just filling up my gas tank. There's a cop that came behind me, and I was like, I already know what you're here for. And I was like, I have everything in my car. And then I start to see around me out of nowhere, there's a bunch of people coming and they're like in undercover cars, just getting out. It was like, I was set and staged. And um, these people wearing bandanas, big, uh, big macho men, uh, tattoos. And these are all undercover. They're all coming out, uh, dogs, guns. They asked me, do I have a rocket launcher in my car? I was like, what? They asked me, they literally asked me, do you have a bazooka in your car? I said, no, 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 I'm not that type of guy. I'm not, I just so, have a bunch of weed and alcohol and, and scales and stuff. That's and it. then you, you quit that. You quit all of that stuff. And now what do you do now? Tell, tell us what do you work. Uh, so now I work at, <laughs> it's so funny. I work at Disney. <laughs> right the opposite. <laughs> I work at Disney and Universal, all four Disney parks and uh, Universal and Islands of Adventure. I do VIP services. Um, basically, a bunch of families come from overseas or anywhere in America. They book with us. Um, we kind of plan their vacation, give them the VIP experience, um, and then I'll meet them in the park, throw them on roller coasters. They probably have to wait five to 10 minutes max, uh, sometimes 15, but like a host. Yeah, very quick. Like a host, right? And then you introduce them, you show them and you talk to them like a host. Yeah. Tell them a bit about the park, you know, make them feel that, you know, their vacation is good. Um, When, how long have you been doing this? Three years. What's your, um, this is great. This is a great progression from drug dealer to uh, working yeah, at Disney. Yeah, service, right? Yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome. 100%. Now, um, what's your dream? I know I called you humanitarian. You're a life seeker for sure, humanitarian. What's yep. your dream? What do you want to, where do you see yourself in 10 years? This is the future conversation. Where do you want to be in? Um, 100%, I want to be 
I want to be a model. I want to be an actor. Um, 100% I want to be on runways. I think I just like, I spend a lot of time visualizing and just like watching, researching different runway sets or different, um, you know, fashion brands and stuff like that. Um, I have a very high interest in all of that stuff. So I definitely want to be a runway model, um, do some editorials um, for some companies, obviously, that are quite big out there in Paris and Italy. Kind of want to travel through modeling, um, which would be amazing. Um, and then obviously get into acting through that. I went to um, theater school in Boca Raton for I think it was two years. And then I did um, New York Film Academy. I did a course over there in Miami. So I got a little bit of theater and then film. I got to see best of both worlds. Um, and so, yeah, I just really want to do modeling and then get into uh, acting for sure. So you see yourself being an actor, <coughs> you know, 10 years from now, you'll be in your late 30s. 100%. Um, obviously, we know modeling has a certain kind of limit, right? Limit, yeah. Um, but again, we see a lot of models who are in their 40s and 50s. There's modeling for every age, obviously. Yeah. So now, but um, you're also doing some other work for the perfume, for NASA perfume, right? Which is the yes. business, business promotion stuff, promotional mm -hmm. stuff. Right. So we have this um, green-based unisex perfumery from India. Um, it's basically like cousin sister of mine, very close family friend. Um, she started this brand um, and so in India and she's been working around Europe a bit, obviously hitting Asia. And so we spent a lot of time during the pandemic. Obviously I was stuck in India for some time. Mm -hmm. I went for a two month vacation, but I got stuck. No. For ten months. You um, were working mostly when you were in India, right? You, you came back what in January this year or something? December, yeah. right? December. December. Yeah. A long time so NASA. okay I'll, i'll put a link for NASA so that people know what it is and if they want to you know purchase the perfume yeah. they have candles Definitely. as well right we have candles um, long-lasting candles uh essential oils cool accessories uh, made in india made in india made in india different types of perfumes obviously unisex um yeah. and then you can also create your own scent on the NASA website it's on under the category NASA lab um you can create your own sent literally we can send That's it amazing we have some questions and stuff based off of your preference you'll see it answer it and then based off of that we'll create your scent send you i think samples and then go from there see how you like it very cool very cool um a few more questions before we finish yeah, What, you, sure. you you're both american and indian do you feel like it's helping you um navigate the world having two cultures within you oh that's a great question Yes, I, I used to say I have uh, the best of both worlds there of getting, being able to see India and then America and, you know, India as being 1.1 billion people, yeah. seeing how life is over there and obviously with our culture and then coming down back to America. And it's so crazy because a lot of my friends over there are stuck in India and they only have kind of a one-sided view. Yeah. Um, and like, like, yeah, they can see it through social media and stuff, but But you don't not really know until you experience some things, right? So, um, yeah, I feel like um, it's helped me a lot. It's helped me be more empathetic to other cultures, other people, other religions. Um, I can relate to it because in Russia, you know, I'm Russian and American, but I've been living here more than I lived in Russia right now. So 
but when I go to Russia, like I wanted to see if you kind of relate to it. Like I have to switch, like I, I do mental switch, like to the different kind of values and mentality. Wow. And yes. yeah, you know, like I have to like literally go sometimes I'm dealing with backwards a little bit. Hmm? It's based off who you're dealing with. Like exactly. I'm dealing with this, uh, like, let's say if I'm dealing with someone in India, I'm dealing with my Indian friend. I know I have to kind of speak in this way to get to him yeah versus like a different way when i'm in america you know like certain yeah. morals and values are different and also sometimes when you feel like the values are different right like they're some somebody's not there with your values yeah i've noticed that instead of trying to prove or change how they think like the first reaction would be like, that's not how it is they say, blah, blah, blah. i'm like okay just calm down it's okay let, let's just let it be you don't need to go into yeah you know, argument with someone. It's just, I respect the other person's point of view, but it sometimes it does feel like, oh, I wish they understood this and that. Did you, do you feel that way sometimes? I do feel that way. I, I do feel that way. And I feel like one, I guess one thing I've kind of realized um, is that I just feel like people in India are a lot more judgmental mm. and versus over here, they're a bit more laid back and more open in that sense. And it's weird too, because a lot of people here think India is, oh, meditation, yoga, spiritual, yeah, yeah. open, yeah. which is true. There are obviously those parts and stuff, but they're not also <laughs> taking in the 1.1 billion people. And that's a lot of people. And, and America is taking the best out of India. America's always have a way of taking the best out of everywhere. America's taking meditation and yoga from India to improve themselves. Yep. They've taken that, yeah. Now, do, um, do you still feel that America as a society is more developed? And we can be honest about it, more developed yeah. than India? Would you say, do you think that? It's so hard to answer that question because yeah. it's like yes and it's like no. Like in yes. ways, yes, and in ways, no. Obviously, like it's very corrupt. Uh, the government system in India is absolutely mm -hmm. corrupt. Um, and again, there's so many people to deal with that it's also very hard. But um, like over here, they have a proper system you have to go through you know like certain steps rules and stuff but over there it's like if you have money you can you know find get your way through things or you know and here it's going to be hard to to, to do and that here, here you can't really do bribes that much no, um, no it's not to that extent you know not like to that extent. When, when, sorry so like when i think about russia for instance right i what i see personally is that i you know, some people don't agree with it, but I do feel like in some ways, America, it's almost like mindset wise, it's a little bit higher. And yes, we have pockets of America that is so behind us, so much horrible yeah. stuff that is happening here in America that is not thankful and not happening in Russia. But, but at the same time, like what I see is more of a capitalistic, capitalism is good, but there's a form of capitalism that's not very good. So, so certain capitalistic you know, mindset is, is taking place in Russia, started taking mm. place when, 90, when the Soviet Union broke. Um, but here, America already, cap, it's capitalistic, but it's getting past capitalism, which is more, you know, if you, if you know about spiral dynamics, it's, it's a level where you're more community-based. It's, 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 it is about caring in, about the environment, about people, yeah. diversity, you know, things like inclusion and diversity, right? And we have to have both capitalism and, you know, other views more of like a, not the individualistic, but caring about people. It's about the 
not just opportunity, equal opportunity, but also about equal outcome and, and helping the environment to be better. So right. Russia isn't there yet. Russia is really growing into this individualistic, this this meme like America that she achieves success and all that. So they're, they're there now, but America already trying to break out of it, you know, get into the yeah. inclusive and diversity, which can be problematic with certain pockets of America too. That's why there's uh, always a bit of a, a bit of an imbalance. Um, imbalance the, or, you know, the battle going on with certain kind of values in America. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I also feel like there's like cultural differences. Like in India, it's more family oriented. The family is everything, you know, which is good. Yes, for sure. And here I feel like that value isn't here and me included. Like I've kind of gotten away from that myself, from the whole family dynamic. Um, and so, yeah, just our culture, how it is over there and here not having so much of a culture is different at times. Um, also, the mental health stigma and therapy, for example, it's a lot. It's looked up uh, in a very negative connotation over there. Mm. Here it is too oh. a bit, but a lot more open people are here to that. But yeah, in India, it's like, oh, you got a therapist, or what's wrong with you, right? What's wrong? You're crazy, or oh, you need medication. You must be really messed up, or like so. Like, there's a lot of that, and I have some friends over there that have absolutely told me they're like secretly doing therapy, which I'm happy for, mm-hmm. for them, of course, to, to make that decision themselves and do that. Um, but at the same time, there's a, there's a level of secrets, you know, like yeah. not telling family and stuff. That's, that's interesting. I really enjoyed talking to you. Our time is up and um, we're going to do it again. I'm sure. Cool. Uh, thank okay. you so much for your time and sharing all these exciting things and, and also part of your personal story and journey. For sure. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. I enjoyed this a lot. Me too. I enjoyed this a lot. And thank you for listening. Thank you for watching us. Uh, there's going to be uh, links uh, down below so you can follow uh, Kunal. Exactly. That's just like that. Uh, down below. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks again. And thank we'll you. see you guys soon.